1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Clap, clap,
0: clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast.
1: Hosted by Elliot Shure Parks and Kyle Newbeck.
0: Here they come.
1: Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-9494. We'll get back to all your phone calls here on the Bills. You believe finally they're going to turn this thing around and get rolling here for two straight wins this weekend. And of course, the Sixers choose your own adventure. Blow this thing to smithereens, which is what I'm doing. Run it back, which was what Hughes doing. And of course, the pause year idea that Spiked threw out, which is kind of reset the salary cap, take a step back next year, but nothing significant. Let's talk to Kyle Newbeck, our guy from Philly Voice, for us to "Clap Your Hands" podcast about the Sixers. And if we're feeling better or worse, watching the Miami Heat rock the Boston Celtics. Kyle, how you doing today? Kyle, I'm, I'm hanging in there,
0: guys. How we doing? Uh, We're trying to figure out what we want to do, Kyle. Now, I I have to ask you, what is realistic? If James Harden doesn't come back, what is a viable option for us if that is the case, if we lose him? It's going to be mostly seeing how far Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid can take you next season. And then, you know, you kind of take stock of things after that. Because the thing with James Harden leaving is unless you – even if you do get a sign-and-trade deal for him, which is fairly unlikely – you just don't have many options in terms of uh, salary or, or ways to use your salary to sign guys in free agency. They're probably also going to have to sign Maxi to a pretty big extension in the offseason, which that's going to complicate things in the future. So, I mean, the bad news is if Harden goes, it is going to, by default, sort of be a pause here, as Joe just said.
1: Kyle, watching the Eastern Conference Finals, um, knowing what we know now and continue to see with the Miami Heat, do you think the Sixers would have beaten them?
0: I don't. It's a good question. You know, I, I do think that Miami has gotten into all these perimeter guys over the last few rounds. I guess Jalen Brunson being the lone exception, and you would think, you know, maybe Joel Embiid just a great equalizer against Bam Adebayo, who has played him well in the past, but you know, given how Joel ended the last series and the bad taste we all have in our mouths, I don't know how you could say with any confidence that the Sixers would do better than Boston because, look, I think the big takeaway is Boston has looked like a mentally frail team against the Miami Heat. They're getting outplayed physically, and they're certainly losing the mental battle. So for the Sixers to look as mentally weak as they did at the end of that series against Boston, I don't know how you can, with any confidence, say, oh, yeah, they're going to go out there and smoke the Miami Heat.
1: Kyle, when you look at the, um, the rumor mill right now, one of the few the f- things that keeps coming up uh, is James Harden and the Rockets. And then the other day it was that there might be an appetite around the NBA. What an amazing <laughs> phrasing using, using of a phrase. For James Harden to land a four-year, $200 million contract, what do you make of, of the Harden market? Do you think it will be a robust one, or is this going to be Sixers or Rockets type of thing?
0: I don't think it'll be super robust just because there aren't tons of teams out there with immediately available cap space. And I would take it a step further. I'm not saying this is a hundred percent, but I don't think the Sixers are willing to go to that, you know, top of the line max number. Now we'll see things could change between now and end of June, start of July when you actually got to start putting pen to paper and all that kind of stuff. But i just i don't know that the appetite is there for that sort of deal and i think look last year james harden the discount he took it was easy to sell that as hey that's james making a sacrifice he's allowing the team to bring back p.j tucker or to bring in p.j tucker bring in a daniel house jr etc but now i think we can say is that also because the Sixers didn't want to pay him you know top of the line money so we're going to see how it shakes out in free agency, put it that way. All right, and talking about seeing how it's going to shake out. Say, okay, that we get to next year. James Harden is here, and he's playing the way that that he said he wants to play. He wants to be the focal point. Do you think Joel Embiid buys into that and becomes like the second fiddle on this team? I think that would mostly depend on how successful they are, right? Like winning it cures all – or ails all wounds and – we could sit here and say, hey, if James Harden is scoring 30, 35 points a game, that's pretty unrealistic in my opinion. But let's just say he's doing it and they're winning a ton of games. They're up near, near or at the top of the Eastern Conference. I think Joel Embiid wants to win badly enough that he could sit there and say, yeah, I'm still scoring you know, 25, 28 points a game, make up a number, and we're winning lots of games. I could be happy with that. I'm impacting the game on defense. Now, it would be a pivot. It would be Joel having to go in there with whoever the new coach ends up being and saying, I'm willing to take this step back for the good of the team, and I'm willing to do this just to please James a little bit, to convince him to come back. So we're not going to know until it happens, but I think if they win, I think anything should be on the table for all these guys.
1: We're talking to Kyle Newbeck here, Philly Voice, Chris, the Clap Your Hands podcast. Kyle, are we seeing – a sea change in the NBA, and maybe it changes the way the Sixers try to build this. I mean, when when they started this process all those years ago, it was about acquiring star players, and and it kind of evolved, but it was still that, right, star hunting, and that's why they traded bridges and all that. You know, the two teams that are almost as surely going to be in the finals have a lot of continuity. I mean, they've developed in Miami, and you think about the Denver thing, I mean, they drafted their three best guys. right? They drafted Porter, they drafted Jokic, they drafted Murray. They had the same coach for a while. Do you think we're getting to a point in the NBA where it's changing a little bit? We're going away from put together a pair or three all-stars to now it's like build a team.
0: Yeah, you know, I just think that's kind of always been the thing, right, is ideally like Golden State Warriors are a great example. They drafted all their core guys. And it's been rare that you can make big trades you know, example being the the Kevin Durant trade for Phoenix or the James Harden trade for Philadelphia last season. You make those kind of trades and you kill your depth to get a star, your stars might be very good, but then, you know, push comes to shove in the playoffs and you only have four good guys, very good guys, the deeper teams are gonna beat you. The Sixers have run into that problem a couple of times by now. And it's what makes the squandering of so many assets by the Sixers such a big part of their story, right? Like to have Mikhail Bridges, you draft the guy, and then you trade him for a guy who basically never plays. You trade that guy along with multiple picks for Tobias Harris, and you're just shrinking the asset pool over and over again. So it's just been decision after decision after decision from the Sixers that have put them in this position. It's been a position that's been established by multiple GMs over multiple tenures.
1: Kyle, coaching search, Nick Nurse, first name that we heard, got an official um, you know, interview with the Sixers. Uh, of the six choices or the six names that have been put out there, the big ones, which one do you think would make the most sense? Um, and, and Give us some thoughts on the Sixers coaching search.
0: So I think Nick Nurse is probably the best middle ground solution where, look, I think his problem the last couple of years, he just didn't have the roster to work with in Toronto. And I think he's a creative, defensive guy. His offenses have not been good for years, but I think, you know, give him James Harden and Joel Embiid or even just Joel Embiid, that might change a little bit. And he's got the priors with Daryl Morey where they have a relationship, and that'll be a good hit-the-ground-running type working relationship from day one. Um, Mike D'Antoni is obviously going to be on everyone's minds because of the prior Houston connection between him and Morey and if they're trying to lure James Harden back, that that could be you know a carrot on the end of the stick to say, hey, you know you've had success under this guy. He's going to give you a lot of freedom. Other than that, you know a lot of these guys are kind of uninspiring to me. They're they're established coaches. They're coaches that have won a lot, but I don't think they're particularly inventive guys. They're not guys who are X's and O's and adjustments and all the other things we talk about. Doc Rivers did not do in the playoffs, so. I would say I'd focus on Nick Nurse and D'Antoni from the list of names, and we'll see who else might uh, come into the picture in this search.
1: All right, Kyle, let's end with this, because I, I think it's interesting um, the different perspectives here on, on the big decision they have to make. I'm going to put you in Joel Embiid's shoes here. So you're Joel Embiid. Uh-oh. Do you want James Harden back? And obviously, you know, let, let's pretend the contract is not going to be little. Right? It's not, he's not coming back for the minimum. So it's a, it's a big commitment. He's going to be here for a while. If you're Joel Embiid, Would you want James Harden back here?
0: I think so, yeah, because I think Joel can see James is a big part of the reason he was able to have his best ever season. I think James was able to get him, let's say, six points a game, maybe eight points a game, that are just easy shots. And that's not something that he has really ever had from a teammate. And if you lose that, if would be one thing, you know, if they had another option, a big-time player, point guard guy in free agency, they could go and get, and Joel and Daryl and everybody else could lure him here. Great. Then you could say, bye-bye, James. We'll go for a younger guy, whatever. If James walks, I think Joel can see looking great as Tyrese Maxey has been for a young player. He is not that every possession point guard creating easy shots for Joel. He's a score-first guy. And, so you know, maybe Joel says I'm willing to embrace more of a playmaker role, but I do think he certainly sees. And said as much in his final press conference of the year after Game 7, stay a bunch of-
1: Great stuff, Kyle. We shall see. It's going to be a very interesting offseason. We'll be having you on, and of course, we'll be listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast with you and Elliot. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me all, guys. There he goes. Kyle Newbeck, who thinks the Sixers.